This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Let's look to the Lord now. Lord, we do come to your, to your book. We come Lord, with a needy heart, very needy hearts this morning, but we know that you are sufficient for all of our needs, so we ask you to meet our needs now, Lord, through your word, in Jesus' name, amen. Matthew eleven twenty five through 30. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls." for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, leading up to this section here, we have, we're about to cover, the Lord has, what he's done is he's declared how he's going to, previous to this, he's declared how he's gonna judge the cities. He says in verse 20 here, then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because they repented not. So he's the great judge. He said already, he said in John 5, uh, verse 22, he said that in John 5, 22, the Father judges no man, but has committed all judgment unto the Son. That's him. So the Lord has revealed here in this passage just um, how he's going to judge the cities according to degrees is what we gather in these degrees of these, um, we can only imagine eternal torment in this final judgment. He's talked about in verse 22, things that are going to be more tolerable at the day of judgment. And we don't know what those degrees of judgment are. We really don't want to know. But he did explain what at least determines 
these degrees of judgment, when he says in verse 20, then began he to abrade the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done because he said they repented not. And then he says in verse 21, this situation, if the mighty works which were done in you, and he goes on. He says in verse 23, if the mighty works which have been done in thee, mighty works. So what we learn from these passages here, from these verses, is that the more mighty works that the cities saw and didn't repent as a result of, the greater their guilt was, the greater their consequent judgment is going to be. I mean, this is what he's been talking about, judgment, levels of guilt, degrees of eternal torment. Yikes! <laughs> this is all dark. This is all very, very dark subjects. And this is what he's been thinking about, these very, very dark subjects. I mean, we, all, we have all been plagued with dark thoughts, very dark thoughts. We've all been in very dark situations, like the death of a loved one. And the question is, what do you do when you're in these dark situations? What do you do when you have these very dark, these dark, very dark thoughts? How do you combat those? How do you combat dark, very dark thoughts? This is what's so interesting because what the Lord did when he had these dark, very dark thoughts, as we just were talking about, about the levels of guilt and eternal judgments and so forth. And what he did with these dark thoughts is in verse 25, it says, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth. So what the Lord did to combat this onslaught of dark thoughts in verse 25 was what he did was I thank thee is what he did. And that's the way for us. That's the way for us to combat these dark thoughts in our lives by thanking God for what he has done, by praising God for how great he is, by singing to God these worship for who he is. That's our ticket out of darkness. That's the hallway out of the caves of gloom and doom. And that's what we see the Lord doing here in verse 25 here with the I thank thee. And that's what makes the word in verse 25, which is otherwise we don't understand, the word answered. Because we read this in verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said. And we say, answered? I didn't hear anybody ask a question. I don't see anybody here uh, asking a question. So why in verse 25 does it say Jesus answered? Who asked him a question that he was answering? Well, what was happening here, it was all those dark thoughts about the guilt and the judgment that were challenging the Lord with questions as they challenge us. Questions like, well, just look at all those cities that didn't repent. Don't you just feel like giving up? Uh, look at all those cities that have so much guilt. Doesn't that kind of weaken you? I mean, look at all those cities that perished because they didn't respond to all the mighty works. Doesn't that depress you? And so what's your answer to all these questions, Jesus? And his answer is, verse 25, at that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee. Father, Lord of heaven and earth. 
And that's our answer to the questions of darkness. It worked for me. I mean, when my wife of 44 years died, darkness was invading my spaces. It was invading my spaces, and I answered, and how did I answer darkness? I put together a CD with 100 hours of music, a great gospel music, music of praise, music of worship, and I just played that music all the time. I played it in the bathroom, I played it in the car, and it drove the darkness out and continues to. And so he's thanking God at this point for hiding the gospel from the wise and the prudent and for revealing the gospel to babes. Now, we see more of what he's doing when we look at a parallel passage in Luke chapter 10, verse 21, Luke 10, 21, where in this parallel passage it says, in that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. So he's rejoicing here, it says. He's thinking about those babes having the gospel revealed to them and them being saved, and it's causing him to rejoice. He's really happy. He rejoices when a person is saved. This is Jesus. This is our Savior. This is why we love and adore him. The salvation of souls is now his focus, and he's thinking about how the gospel is going to be revealed to these babes, and they're going to be saved, and he's rejoicing, and this is and this has come right after he's covered the subject of darkness, but something else to see about this is that this has come right after him speaking about how deeply he has been rejected and John the Baptist has been rejected by people who are acting like children and not responding to the messages of John the Baptist and him, which he liked to flute playing. And he's been speaking about how he and John the Baptist have been called defaming names, drunkards, gluttonous, demon-possessed, and so forth. And he's been speaking about how the whole cities have not responded to their messages. And at this point, with all of that piled on, most people would be resentful and would be angry about how they've been treated, but not the Lord Jesus. He's rejoicing. He's rejoicing and he's thankful over the ones who have responded, of have been saved, will be saved. He's not resentful, he's thankful. This is Jesus. This is our Savior and this is why we love and adore him. Now, to express how he rejoices in another place, he tells a parable. And the parable is about a shepherd who lost a sheep and found it and when the shepherd comes back and he's found the sheep, he's rejoicing and he explains in Luke 15, 6, Luke 15, 6, about the shepherd. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which is lost. So the shepherd is so happy that he invites his friends and his neighbors to come and celebrate with him, to rejoice with him. That means that when a person is saved from his sins, the Lord Jesus is saying to his friends, rejoice with me, I found my sheep which was lost. So that means that a lover 
of the Lord Jesus does just that. A lover of the Lord Jesus rejoices with the Lord Jesus when he rejoices, and a lover of the Lord Jesus wants to bring him more joy by bringing him more saved people. A lover of the Lord Jesus wants to see more people saved because that brings more joy to the Lord Jesus. That's the real motivation of evangelism. That's the motivation of evangelism. It's to be a lover of the Lord Jesus and to be able to say to him, I have a surprise for you. I found something you lost. Here you go. You lost these souls, and look, I brought them back to you. And my joy is to see you rejoice and to hear you say, rejoice with me. I found my sheep which was lost. That's evangelism. Now, not only does the Lord Jesus rejoice over souls that are saved, but on the other hand, he cries over souls that are lost, which is what he did in Luke 19.41, Luke 19.41, where it says, and when he was come near, he beheld the city, that'd be the city of Jerusalem. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. He cried over Jerusalem. He said in Matthew 23.37, Matthew 23.37, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, and ye would not. In John 5.40, John 5.40, he said, and ye will not come unto me that ye might have life. He weeps over the decision of the lost to not come to him. He cries over the decision of the lost of ye would not and ye will not, and he weeps over the lost. This is Jesus. This is our Savior. This is why we love and adore him. Now, he says that God the Father has hid the gospel. He's concealed it. He's hid the gospel from the wise and prudent. So who are these? Who are the wise and prudent? Who are these? Well, first of all, the word prudent means intelligent. You know, someone with a high IQ, you know. So he says that God has hidden the gospel from the wise and the intelligent. In other words, the wise are filled with wisdom, the wisdom, what the Bible calls the wisdom of this world, the wisdom of the world. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.21, 1 Corinthians 1.21, speaking of the wisdom of God versus the wisdom of the world, it says in 1 Corinthians 1.21, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So here we have these two wisdoms. We have the wisdom of God and the world by wisdom or the wisdom of the world. Now, the world with its wisdom is ignorant of God. The world with its wisdom, it worked like this. When God, their maker, came into the world, the record states in John 1.10, John 1.10, he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. The height of ignorance the world displayed and the world in its wisdom. Because the Lord Jesus made the world and when the Lord Jesus 
came to the world that he made, the world looked at Jesus and said, a good man, okay. A teacher, all right. A starter of a new religion, sure. But my maker, he is not. That's the world. That's what the world said. That's the conclusion of the world with its wisdom. The world did not even recognize its maker when its maker came to earth. So the problem with the wise and the intelligent is that they have this feeling inside. What's the feeling? The feeling is very much like Revelation 3, where the feeling is, I have need of nothing. I have need of nothing. That's a feeling of adequateness. That's the feeling. It's the feeling of, of being adequate to understand. It's the feeling of sufficient, sufficient to discover the unknown. The problem with the wise and the intelligent is that they say, show me a problem, I'll use my wisdom and my high IQ and I'll solve the problem. That's the feeling of being sufficient for the problems. That results in pride. And God's response to pride is James 4.6, James 4.6, where it says, God resisteth the proud. God puts his hand in the chest of the proud. He says, no. That's God's response to pride, resistance. So the wise and the intelligent, the wise and prudent, as it says, but the wise and the intelligent, the problem with the wise and intelligent is that they have this feeling of no need. That's the feeling. I have no need for outside help. That's the problem. And God says that to find Christ, there must be a feeling of emptiness. There must be a feeling of need for God's help, God's help. And this, he says, are the babes. So God the Father has decided to hide the gospel, hide who Christ is, from the wise and intelligent who are proud, and instead reveal the gospel and who Christ is to babes. Now, who are the babes? Who are the babes that God is revealing it to? Well, the babes are those who were not familiar for one of the things is that the babes were not familiar with Jewish law or Talmud, Talmudic law. And this was revealed to us in John 7:48. John 7:48, the authorities on the Jewish law, the Talmud, so-called scribes and Pharisees, made the question in John 7, 48, have any of the rulers or of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. See, that's the babes. Babes are the people who have not been schooled in the Jewish law or Talmud. They are the babes. Who are also the babes? The babes are described in Acts 4.13, Acts 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled that they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So the babes are the unlearned and the ignorant men. Babes are viewed that way. Babes are helpless Babes are dependent, whereas the wise and the intelligent are self-reliant and independent. So babes are humble. And when there was a discussion one time among the disciples, one of those invaluable discussions they had about who was gonna be the greatest among them, 
The Lord settled the argument by seeing a little child and say, oh, come on, come on over here. Come on over here, little kid. So he brings this little child in the middle of them, and he gives an answer to them about which ones of them were going to be the greatest when he heralds this little kid to come over. It says in Matthew 18.1, Matthew 18.1, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. What a scene that must have been. You know, they're all sitting there saying, okay, now, will you please settle the argument and tell us which one of us is the greatest? And so he brings a little kid. I don't know how old this kid was. Maybe the kid was four or something like that. A little kid, a little kid dependent on, very helpless, dependent. And he says, um, here's your answer right here. This little kid is your answer. Just look at him. He says, you need to be converted and become like him. And unless you don't, you can't come into heaven. There's just no entrance for you. So with that statement, except you be converted and become as little children, the Lord was saying that anyone can be converted. Anyone can become as a little child. Anyone can become as a babe. Anyone can be converted and become dependent on the Lord. Anyone can be converted and see himself as helpless without God. And to the babes, God reveals the gospel and who Jesus is. It's not a matter of discovery. It's a matter of revelation. And the great chapter 53 of Isaiah, which declares the gospel that and how the Messiah died for our sins and made us justified. And at the gate of this great chapter, 53, in verse one, is a question. And the question in verse one is, who has believed our report? Uh, who's speaking there? God, Isaiah, doesn't matter. Who believes this? Disagree. And the answer to that question, who believes, is given in another question. The second question, which is, to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Revealed. Who believes the report? Asked God in Isaiah. Is it a matter in believing Isaiah 53 of who is wise enough and who is intelligent enough to make this great discovery of the gospel and who Christ is in Isaiah 53? No. It's a matter of to whom it's revealed. And the Lord Jesus rejoices that God the Father has made a selection, has made a division, and has said, to this group, no, we're not going to reveal. The wise and the intelligent, the self-sufficient, the self-reliant, the feeling of adequate, they can meet the challenge. No, no. Hide. But to this other group, helpless, dependent on God. Oh, that's the one we're going to reveal it to. And the Lord Jesus says, good, in verse 26. Even so, Father, it seemed good in thy sight. So the Lord Jesus said that was good. And in verse 26, he says that he's the revealer. He's the revealer. All things are delivered unto me and my Father. No man knoweth really who the Son is except for the Father. And neither knoweth any man the Father except for the Son. And he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. He's the revealer. So Jesus, God the Son, is going to reveal who God is. He's going to reveal and he's going to do it to babes who have been converted from pride to little children who are dependent on the Lord. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.